Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we rob the Bare Naked Ladies songs of their scores one at a time as we go through and rate them and decide where they should belong in the pantheon of Bare Naked Ladies songs. My name is Tracy, and tonight I am joined by... Aaron. <laughs> and Michelle. And tonight we are discussing Bank Job from the 2006 album... Bare Naked Ladies are me. It was an upset in two minutes flat. We're back on the freeway, foot to the mat. It is a Paige Robertson song that is sung by Ed with a lot of harmonies. We have Jim on double bass. We have Kevin on piano, a B3 organ, and a synth. We have Steven on electric guitar, which is a great thing. Ed on on an acoustic guitar and banjo. And... Tyler, of course, on drums. So this was recorded at Stephen's home, as was most of this album. Why don't we start with Aaron with music? Let's just go right to <laughs> All it. All right, let's break it down. Break down, break down, break down. Aaron's gonna talk about construction and time. Okay, so Bank Job is in the key of G major. The primary chord progression is 1, 6, 2, 4, 5, 1, which is pretty advanced for rock. Uh, it's kind of a, a, it's kind of a, a kind of a change up on a fairly standard jazz progression, which is 1, 6, 2, 5, 1. They threw in the 4 there. It kind of it, it's uh, an interesting chord progression because it's it's still fairly it sounds fairly simple but it goes through these different permutations and um, I think it's because they kind of stay on the one for quite some time then they go through the changes and turn it around then in the chorus it's much more of a very simple progression leading back up to the tonic and then to the five back to the one um, but overall I quite like the chord progression um, it's around fifty three or fifty four beats per minute. You might not know that depending on how you're counting it. Uh, you might be, because it's in 12-8, you might be tempted to kind of be counting more or less the triplets. 12-8 um, is one of my favorite. Triplet, yeah, triplet. yeah, exactly. 12-8 is one of my favorite time signatures. Uh, it's known as a compound quadruple. Uh, quadruple, of course, meaning that it gets divided into four primary beats, one, two, three, four. Uh, think of the bass kicks on one and three, and the snare hits on two and four. Uh, but then each of those primary beats is further subdivided into, in this case, threes. So instead of one and two and, or one and a two and, we get one and a two and a three and a four and, a, or one a let, two a let, if you're doing it like triplets. Um, this creates a very stirring rhythm and a very moving rhythmic structure upon which a very heartfelt vocal line can be placed, and I think this song is a wonderful example of this. Um, the structure is, and I actually am really happy to talk about the, the structure in this song, because this is one of my favorite things about it. Um, there are songs out there, and one of them that I like to point to is Girl by Beck, where I just Ooh. look at the structure of the song, and not even just talking about like A, B, A, B, A, B, C, um, but just how the instrumentation is used, when instruments come in, come out, how the song builds towards a climax and then fades back down, then goes back up, um, the dynamic structure of it, the changes. This is a song that I, I paid a lot of attention to those changes in because I felt like they were very, very effective. 
Um, so we have the intro, which is just a very, very short, kind of um, very simple, lovely little synth loop. This was released in 2006, so I figured this was probably written in like 2005. Um, it, it's this whole song. If somebody asked me, Aaron, what did noughties or, you know, 2000s indie rock sound like, I would have pushed them towards this song. Uh, because this got, <laughs> and I mean that as a very big compliment because I love that stuff. It's got these kind of synth keyboard elements. It's got, you know, at, at certain times, very, very grandiose vocals with a lot of reverb and choir-like effects. But sometimes, especially in the verse, very pared down, compressed, non-reverb vocals that are up front in the mix. But it because of that, it, it sounds very, very, like I, say, I said earlier, heartfelt. It feels very much as a confessional quality to the sound of the verse vocals. Um, because mm. it's just kind of very, very bare. It's just to get, you know... Um, so in, in this case, the structure kind of lends itself to that as well. And it kind of goes from being very Baroque at, at some points to being very simple. So the intro is just this lovely little synth loop. Uh, almost sounds like video game music. Verse 1, just voice in the synth loop, no reverb. Second half, uh, real simple drums come in, like bass and snare only. Uh, and then another layer of synth is added. So it's getting the slight progression into the song. Uh, the first chorus comes in, and we have p suddenly piano, bass, and guitar added, and some lovely vocal harmonies towards the end of this, the chorus. We all did our best now. We all need to rest now. Uh, verse 2, now full drums come in with cymbals and everything. Harmonica is added. New guitar layers are added. So we've, we've, continu yeah, we've continuously been adding instruments, been adding layers. It's getting more and more lush. It grew out of this really simple just looping beeps of a synth, and it, it just became more and more you know epic. And, and, and I can't even think of a word lush, I guess, again, is the word I would use. And then, interestingly... I, I like how they... Go ahead. I like how they went really simple when they were trying to hit home yeah. an idea, too. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they tried to hit home the idea. So, like, you have, like, vocally and, and lyrically them trying to build this song mm -hmm. into trying to grab your attention and make you think about what this bank job mm. is about. And then when they reveal what went wrong, which I'm not going to say just yet, <laughs> we'll get that lyrics, but when they reveal what went wrong, they get real simple afterwards and real quiet and confessional and almost empathetic where it gets really quiet again. Well, I'll, yeah. It I'll, pulls back on the I'll talk about that a little more when we talk about the lyrics because there, there's some wonderful, I talked about before about programmatic music, how what's happening musically matches what's happening lyrically or um, but yeah, I'm a very big fan of programmatic music where the music changes to kind of fit what's happening thematically with the lyrics. Um, and we get that in this song. So yeah, the, the, then after the second verse, there's this kind of pre-chorus segment, which I wouldn't go, I, I almost labeled it like a C, almost like you would for a bridge, but it's not different chord changes and it's not really distinct enough musically for me to do that, but I'll just call it like another B section. Well, I guess we panicked. We all have taboos. They were like zebras. They had us confused. Uh, it's a pre-chorus. It almost sounds like another half verse, but it's really it's really the chorus changes. 
a lot of layers are stripped away and i like this because it changes the dynamics quite a bit and it's sort of after this kind of very very uh, climactic crescendo of a second chorus it starts to take some bit away then it moves into the the second chorus proper uh this time without percussion now we take out all percussion and it just strips it down to the the lovely vocal harmonies and the second chorus is gorgeous and it's just it's right back down to almost like just voice and there's some organ and with the with the between the organ and the choir like vocals it almost sounds like a church choir so i don't need attitude because you knew just what to do and again <laughs> confessional right uh and then towards the end the drums and other instruments come back in and we get this organ solo and i'm like what <laughs> like not expecting an <laughs> organ solo that was that was beautiful um uh was it kevin is it kevin playing the organ it's kevin, kevin. great job yeah. sir uh i loved it the organ you know what that kind of reminded me of the wallflowers a little bit like when they you know they had that oh. lovely kind of organ sound it sounded almost like a hammond organ. yeah yeah well that's what i'm saying it's like a traditional rock organ like a hammond organ um yeah but it's yeah it's got that great kind of classic rock sound that dylan sound again wallflowers you know um well and i was thinking like i couldn't get the the idea out of my head of like the house of the rising mm-hmm. sun kind of yeah. like, organ that goes there yeah and it's and it's great and it's one it's wonderfully done uh, it takes place over the chorus changes, so we're getting a lot of those chorus changes back to back to back. Then we hit verse three, then we hit uh, kind of a, a final chorus, and then there's a repeat of the chorus changes, and it's sort of starting to fade away. It's almost like someone's in the cop car driving away, and they're getting more and more distant, which I, I loved. Again, it's programmatic. So uh, ultimately, I guess you would call this sort of an A B A B B B A B B, which is an unusual <laughs> song structure. Um, I really like it, though. It's very effective at what it does. I ended up liking this song way more than I thought I, I would. Like, I, I started and I was like, oh, I'm going to like this. This is 12 8. It's got this nice little synth loop. It's, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna. This is gonna be a solid song. I'm gonna like it. I actually love this song. Um, I had not heard it before. We, we, uh, you know, we. I took it upon myself to to listen to it for for this episode. Um, I really enjoy this song, and I think I'll be seeking it out uh, in the future. I liked it too. I love how it just comes in so quietly, and the um, the opening notes kind of made me think of Atari or Mario yeah. Brothers. Yeah, like exactly. That, that Very bouncing. I put love the bouncy music as I was listening to it. You know, just that sort of gentle and yet manipulative in a way. Like it's like they're definitely trying to do something to the listener. You know what I mean? Um, But I I really loved it. Um, Can we get into the lyrics, or is this too soon? No, let's say go for it. Yeah, and and my favorite line out of the whole song was. They were like zebras. They had us confused. You already had mentioned that. (laughs) And it's just like, you know, as someone who grew up Catholic and went to CCD and the whole nine yards, um, nuns kind of have a certain effect on me. Uh, You know, God bless them. But it's sort of like, (laughs) uh, I just feel like I have to be on my best behavior. Even if I see Uh nuns in public, um, I just sort of, not anxiety, but just sort of like, like my back goes up i'm suddenly standing with perfect posture all my manners come out i'm you know yeah i'm very well behaved i become very well behaved so that line 
they they were like zebras. They had us confused. I can just like I could totally relate to that. Just feeling like, oh my god, I did not like. I don't even know what do I do with my hands. I don't know what to do. But just the black and you know, it's just multi layered. Well, yeah, the, the 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 fact of the nuns, but then yeah. the zebras. You know how in <laughs> in the wild their stripes confuse the predators. Right, right. And that's this um, so beautiful just metaphor there. So multi layered. Um, and I just absolutely loved that. And that's such a nice turn of phrase. And I don't know if Stephen or Ed is more responsible for that. I feel like that's an Ed line, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. But I just loved it. I just the, the I love black the sound. And light of the I love the feel. And, yeah. And just just that like panic. I could just relate to the panic of seeing walking into a bank and seeing a bunch of nuns, even if I'm just going to deposit a check, like I would, I would have a little bit of a palpitation myself. So Mm. I can't imagine being a criminal and trying to rob a bank and then having nuns be in there. Like you are up a creek. You know what I mean? That'd be a great film right there. It would film. And that's the other thing with this song. It's such a film. I mean, in, your mind, as you're listening to this story, at least for me anyway, I could see this playing out, and it is very mm. cinematic, and I just I thought it was great. And yeah, for those great. of you listening at home, uh, if you're not aware, the main predator of the zebra is the lion. They are colorblind, so while zebras seem quite ostentatious to us, and it sounds like a really dumb idea for camouflage, uh, in tall grass it makes them quite hard to see and if they're a giant herd they look like one large beast to the lion is very confusing instead of it's confusing yeah. <laughs> so that's a that's a great line I agree that's that's one so of my, probably my favorite great. one in that right well and how confusing would it be to go in there <laughs> and just see all these nuns plan, they've over planned it as they yeah. said and they're like okay good we've got our morals kind of set to the side we're doing this for a reason we know what we're gonna do and then like Wait, all these things that we, mm-hmm. like, because even if you're not Catholic, and, and I'm Catholic, so or, or have been in the past. I'm like, falling even away. If not, <laughs> I'm even proudly. if you're not Catholic, though, <laughs> nuns have a certain rapport in our society. And I think that there's that natural reaction, like you were mentioning, Michelle, of just, like, reacting, like, of <laughs> shock, of what do I do? And if you're robbing a bank, you don't have time for that kind of reaction and that kind of shock. And he has this wonderful line earlier about how acting is in your bones or it isn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing, like he, he, kind of re- comparing it, like pe- actors on stage like know how to react to shocking situations. But what would you do then kind of thing? So I think in... I don't know. I, that, that metaphor got away my from new, My new head... <laughs> My new headcanon, as the kids say, is this is the story. This is what happened off screen during Reservoir Dogs when the bank job, the heist got, <laughs> got all messed up. They yes. ran into a bank full of nuns. Bank full oh, wait, that wasn't nuns. a bank, though. That was a jewelry store. Oh, damn. But still. Right. Oh, well. But it's almost like Ed watched that yeah. movie and is like, what if? Yeah, what if they watched I tell in the there, story of what would have happened? There's a bunch of nuns. <laughs> I have to say, this is one of my favorites on that album the first time I listened to it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Like, this was the one that immediately stood out for me. It was the second one on the album, just be, just after Adrift. And it caught my attention because of the story that it's telling. 
Like, I loved how it doesn't reveal anything until the sec. Like, it slowly bits and pieces like an onion peels away parts of the story, but you're still left wondering, well, what, what went so wrong that he's saying, like, leave me alone? And it, it's not until the end of the second verse that he kind of reveals what's going on. And the, I'm glad they didn't, but he could almost have ended the song after the end of the second verse with that punchline. So, and it's a to- it's a total story. You know, like a lot of their other songs are more sort of autobiographical, but this is like a total fictional story and it's highly entertaining. Now, I don't know if I'm reaching here, but my hot take <laughs> is Aaron's the- hot take. <laughs> I don't know if I'm I'm you guys let me know if I'm reaching here, because I fully admit that I may well be. I bet you're not. I well, bet you're dead on. Well, the thing that struck me, that if, if I was looking for a theme in the lyrics here, I think dissolution of responsibility or uh, avoidance of responsibility through the crowd. You know, it's the, mm-hmm. Tracy knows, uh, the psychological effect of being in a in a large crowd, you're actually less likely to have someone help you if you need help in a large crowd, because everyone thinks, well, someone else will do it. Uh, the bystander it's like, effect. Yeah, dissolution of responsibility. Um, that's what I started thinking about. And then I thought, well, maybe this is like, you know, this could be a, a metaphor for like a post-breakup song, a post-mortem of, you know, like, we all did our best, okay? We all, mis- <laughs> mistakes were made. <laughs> I just kind of feel like maybe, you know, it was like, hey, man, we planned it out. You know, we everything's, you know, we were going to be Bonnie and Clyde whether literally or metaphorically, and then just, it didn't work out for whatever reason, you know, how can you plan on a bank full of nuns? <laughs> you know, why do we got to play the blame game? I feel like that's, this is what the, the, the narrator you know is saying. That would be very Ed to tell one thing in a certain way, but it's actually this other thing over here mm-hmm. that he's, you know, he's spinning the story. Um, I like mm. that thought. I think I bet that's not as far of a reach as you think it might be. <laughs> I feel like I'm reaching on it, but I, I like it. I'd love to know the backstory. Yeah, Ed, come on in. in. Steve, Ed, Ed. Ed, I want you to come on our podcast, <laughs> and I'm going to ask you many things, but I'm going to ask you about this song. I'm going to particular. see them on, on July 1st, so if they actually allow me to interview them... Then I will ask that question. Please ask about Bank Job. Ask yep. them about this song. I so my favorite my favorite lyric of this song, not that you asked, uh, <laughs> was you. I, I just this is why I'm glad they kept the third verse. You made a choice there, almost sublime. I'm all for compassion, but not on my dime. Like it's just this wonderful thing. Like you know what? I get what you why you did what you did, but hey, you cost me money, and that's not all right. And it's just so amazingly poetic, but also I could see the person like it's within character of this narrator to say something like that, because this song is all about placing blame on the other person. Like he spends the whole song kind of blaming and sometimes empathizing, but for the most part, blaming the person who ran this bank job. And he's like, oh, I was just the driver. I did my part. I knew where I was going. I knew all the, the roadways. It's kind of like the phrase, spontaneity has its time yes. and its place. Mm-hmm. It's that kind <laughs> of a thing. 
Now, I saw a lot of disagreement online about what the phone lines mean. So the there's that line that keeps coming back in the chorus of of the uh, uh, leave me alone, stay by the phone, leave me alone, you don't need to phone. Well, I think the, the first thing that comes to mind, obviously, is you get one phone call when you get hauled off to jail. But I I think a more... This, this that line was actually the one that got me thinking about the whole relationship thing, you know, because you, to me, you know, if this, this is a post mortem, if this is a, a an analysis of you know a relationship gone wrong, look, we don't need, you know, I, I think I don't know about you guys, I've had something like that before. We're like, okay, I don't need, we can't talk about this anymore. Like it's it, it didn't work out. We're not going to make things better by we we've already tried to hash this out. Uh, mm-hmm. We need to move on. And, and, you know, you calling me is not going to help, you know, that's not going to end in, in, in any good way. So I, I certainly can relate to that. I'm loving Aaron's take on it, you know, because I, I, I was so enraptured by the visual that I was getting that I was picturing this whole bank job gone wrong and the aftermath of that. But also I was, I had this thing in the back of my mind going what what is this really what is this really about Mm. but i just kept getting sucked back into the the story that was presented to me that i didn't dig in as much as i possibly could have so the fact that you're bringing it up Aaron, i love um because i can really see it it's a great little metaphor something else well oh my gosh if i if i can continue my reach here stretch around (laughs) style please the, I, this just occurred to me. Look at because I just pulled up the lyrics here, and inside the police car, you tried to explain your crisis of conscience, the voice in your brain. Uh, skipping ahead, uh, I, I think we all know who should shoulder the blame because you made a choice here, almost sublime. I'm all for compassion, just not on my dime. You look like an amateur. That's the real crime. So I'll take a walk now. You do the time. I feel like someone broke up with this person and then said no no let's get back together and he's like no 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 you made a choice you made this choice this is or like somebody uh, cheated you know yeah well, exactly that could be it as like, well you you made yeah. a choice yeah. and not yeah. on my watch honey. which in the meta you know if we're, if we're using the metaphor of, of you know honor amongst thieves you know you don't rat right that's that's the one thing you don't do so that could be cheating that could be you know, talking to the cops could be the same thing as, you know, going to see someone else or whatever. Uh, or, or, you know, or breaking up or whatever. But they did something that has made them persona non grata. They're no longer, uh, they no longer want to associate with that person. You looked like an amateur. That's the real crime. That was the one <laughs> that made me think so much of uh, Reservoir Dogs because they had that scene that's... where it's like, you, you got to be a professional. They're like, they're like slicking their hair back in front of the mirror. They're like, you got to be a professional. It's so important. That to me was what made me think of Reservoir Dogs in particular, and uh, I don't know. I, I really like this song. It's it's uh, it's it's one of the better ones that I that I've had the pleasure of listening to. I think, in my opinion. See, I was getting like with the phone call thing. I was going with the literal kind of thing, and what's mm. been going back to the Reservoir Dogs type of thing, like the the leader of that that job would like everyone would take their their ways and go in different directions. Someone would have the money, but the idea is like. Money's put it aside. It's until everything cools off, and then the leader would call them all up to kind of say, "Okay, now things are cooled off. Now we need to meet back up together and split up the money." 
and that would be that call and he's like nope no need to call don't call time not time is not right things are really bad right now and then at the end he's kind of giving up the person who's in the lead and he's like yeah you don't need to call me because i'm giving you up to the cops i'm gonna walk but that would be more of that literal kind of take well i think there's room for both you know i I think there's no way that i could argue with that because that is most certainly what the imagery that the song is evoking uh, I just think that there's also room for this kind of more personal interpretation, and I may I oh, completely definitely. admit that I may be 100 off the mark, but um, but it's Steve, Stephen, nice. Stephen and Ed, if you want to come on the show and tell us, <laughs> some, tell me that I'm wrong. That's fine. Stephen Page and Ed Robertson, if you want to come on the podcast together, oh, yeah. that would be the best because yeah. then we could ask you. Look, think all of how much time you guys once. would save just doing it together. You know, it's just. You know, and if you happen <laughs> to want to do a little singing while you're on the show. <laughs> or just talk. We'll just talk about some things. We'll talk about yeah. the X-Files. We'll talk about the 90s. We'll talk about... Star um, Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hog the conversation when they come on, just so you guys know. That's fine. I think we should have Tyler on, too, but just on a different show, because he will definitely take the limelight when Tyler as well. will take... The show over. He needs his own episode. We, we need to have Quentin Tarantino on and talk about Reservoir Dogs, and uh, I will dominate his take on this song. I will dominate that conversation. <laughs> we need we need Quentin's take on this song yeah. to tell us what he you know. I think, I think that you know it's just like uh, when you think about um, Reservoir Dogs. Uh, we love you, Quentin. Please come on. All right. Um, I'm sorry. That was terrible, Quentin. That was like that was almost like a uh, Woody Woody Allen impersonation. I don't know where that <laughs> that went off the rails real quick. It was Woody Allen like on like steroids. I mean, or Jesus! It was like I, don't know. I can't even. I apologize to everyone in the world. It's <laughs> hilarious. You get one world. That was it. Enjoy it, Aaron. You want? You said you wanted to come back to the quiet during the during the confessional piece there uh i mean i think i already kind of said my piece i just wanted to mention how how i loved how programmatic the music was and how it really aligned with with what was going on in the lyrics you know everything from you know fading away at the end as maybe the cop cars pulling away to you know the bombastic like the second verse is is like the the present tense of the bank job is describing how it was going in they're going in with their sawed off shotguns and their ski mask and it sounds very very busy it's probably the loudest and most uh dynamically you know kind of intense part of the song and then how can you plan on a bank full of nuns and then just starts to like the the water starts getting everywhere from the the, the balloon starts spewing water everywhere or whatever i don't know (laughs) <laughs> however you want, <laughs> however you want to, whatever, it's a water balloon. Whatever, whatever metaf- metaphor you want to use, but yeah, the 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 wind starts coming out of the sails really quickly at that point, and it's just great to have it come come crashing down to this very stripped down. The second chorus is so so bare I mean, compared to what was just there, and and it allows you to really soak in those harmonies and the and the beautiful organ, and it just I don't to me I just really really loved. I feel like a lot. Well, they overplanned it, right? But I feel like a lot of thought. <laughs> Went into not only you know the lyrics, but also the way that the song played out. And um, for me, that's something that I really, really appreciate in a song is how the music and the the how the construction of the song lends itself to the theme, the thematic material, and the and the you know the basic message of the song. 
Um, I'm not a lyric guy most of the time. I'm, I'm a music first guy. Lyrics are an afterthought usually, but some of my favorite bands are the ones that go out of their way to make the lyrics so incorporated into the song itself and the way that the song is structured that I can't help but really notice them and really admire them. And this is one of those songs. So I, I really, really like this song. I love how they highlight those harmonies in that second verse. I mean, the second chorus. Yeah. It Because those harmonies, I think, I don't know if it was you, Aaron, or you, Michelle, that compared it to, like, a choir. Aaron but when did. I hear, yeah, when I hear an amazing choir, even if it's not a song that normally I would be entranced by, amazing harmonies done in a choir-type feel just, like, will make me sit back and just soak it in. And that's what this song did on that chorus, especially the second chorus. It just hits you when they're all going together at the same time like that. Well, we already have a um, mention of nuns in the song, right? And I used the word, before we <laughs> even talked about the nuns, I used the word confessional to describe yeah, the tone of the verse vocals. And I just feel like this is, again, it's all thematically appropriate. And, and again, to, just to wrap it up in a nice little bow and come back to my hot take... If this is indeed a song, well, first, you know, it's got the religious uh, allegories, which I think personally, especially with nuns specifically, that's Catholicism, which what do you think of? For me, I think of guilt, right? And <laughs> if this is indeed a post-breakup song, it sounds in a lot of ways at the beginning of the song, if you were to take it that way, if you were to interpret it and run it through that filter, it sounds like someone starts off trying to have a civil conversation with that person and trying to assume their portion of the guilt but by the end they're like no you know what don't even don't go there don't talk to me ever again it, it's your fault <laughs> and, it just, and that can happen I mean, that happens with people people are so emotional that we will go in with the best of intentions trying to be reasonable and logical and it just ends up just becoming this crazy emotional mess and then we're, you know what fine i'm just disengaging um so i don't know that that's kind of <laughs> where i'm uh where i'm interpreting it but I, I i love it i think it's a great song it's beautiful I think it would be remiss if we didn't mention the siren in the song. Mm -hmm. So we have the siren at the very end of the song when he's yeah. when he's talking about giving up the other person and then walking away. But I also like, Aaron, what you had said earlier about how at the very end of the song during the repeat choruses that go on, we have the organ that's been having a very distinct sound throughout the... Or, the organ of the synth. I want, must be the synth. Um, that throughout the song has had a very distinct sound. At the end, kind of takes on this almost siren type sound instead now, and then starts to fade out. Mm. And it's interesting because, like you had said, it's like the cop car driving away. Yeah, I, I you know I gotta listen to it again because I, I hadn't even thought about that. But um, I I think there's a bit of a Doppler effect at the end, isn't there? A little bit, yeah. I think they actually the the pitch shifts as well as the song slowing down. So uh, I don't quote me on that because I'm having difficulty remembering for sure if that does happen. But um, yeah, I think there's. A and it's not perfectly in line with the siren. Yeah, it's not the same sound right. as the siren. But but it almost has that effect, yeah. that kind of feel to it. It certainly left me. It left me with that impression, whether or not that's actually what they did. But I guess that's right. that was probably the intent. Yeah. 
I can't imagine it wasn't their intent because they are so intentional with their music. So, did either of you listen to the bathroom sessions on this? You know what? Because there's I so there's two other versions. There's the bathroom sessions, and then there's the live version on Talk to the Hand that they did in Michigan just before Steve left. Like, I just I wonder if it's about that. I'm just watching the live version. Um, well, number one, watching the bathroom session, Ed looks so young. He looks so young. Um, but the live version, something about his expression on his face, it just hit me like, what if this is about Steven and Ed? That is a really interesting insight, Michelle. It's, it was, (coughs) this was just before the breakup like two years before the breakup and as things were starting to come apart And it's interesting to watch. Steven usually is animated and into the songs. On the live version, on the Talk to the Hand version, Steven's playing, but he doesn't have that, like, I'm fully engaged in this song type of look to him. So I don't know if he just didn't like this song or if he just wasn't there in that moment. There are other songs on that that uh dvd that he is much more involved in engaged in and having fun with this is not oh, one yeah. of them now um, i just i cheated a little bit that, and just went Kevin's back to the, the cd time recording on the, on the keyboards on and this. it is in fact there is a doppler effect on that uh on that kind of uh, siren like line on the on the keys so that's yeah a perfect perfect uh, audio oral metaphor for uh you know the police car driving away uh, I really, you know, it's funny. I thought I was not going to mm, like the bathroom yeah. sessions as much yeah. um, because, you know, I I admit to being very, uh, I, I like bombastic and flamboyant uh, kind of Baroque orchestration and all. give me all the crazy layers of synths and, and <laughs> organ and, and vocal harmonies and the big choirs and several drum sets at once. I, I love that stuff. Uh, but no, it was, you know, it's a very heartfelt tune that reminded me of um, something like, I don't know, like the song Never by uh, Abandoned Pools or it was almost like a Goo Goo Dolls Iris kind of kind of feel to it, too, which again, 12-8, I, I love that time signature. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really it kind of makes well, it has a very again it feel gives it kind Ed of a more professional felt feel to the, the delivery of the vocals. So that's it's interesting. It's very effective. Um, I mean that both in, in in the E sense and A sense of the word. It, it affects me greatly. Um, it it's very emotionally um, forthcoming. Which is interesting because it is couched in this bank job metaphor, but the more that I listen to it, the more it seems there's got to be, whether it's a girl or whether it's Steven or, or, or some, there is clearly loss is the word, I guess. There is something that has been lost and there is this question of responsibility and blame yeah. and guilt. 
and the dancing around those topics that we do when we're kind of in bed at night and can't sleep or maybe waiting by the phone. And uh, I, yeah, Gross. I thought this was wonderful. <laughs> yes. I, um, the more I listen to it, the more I want to know what the backstory is. Yeah, I'm very just, curious. Come on, Ed, just tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Musically, I, I again, aside from the might be they might be giants, uh, the wallflowers. Uh, this reminds me a little bit of Jonathan Colton or the Long Winters, which if you haven't heard the Long Winters, look up the song Blue Diamonds by the Long Winters. They are fantastic. Uh, but perhaps most of all, this song reminds me of a band called Jim's Big Ego. A uh, band from the Boston area who've been making music since 1995, I believe, by the way. The more I listen to it, the more it reminded me of Jim's Big Ego, actually. Um, they've, they've done some really, really great stuff. They're kind of indie, alt-rock, um, with interesting instrumentation. They sometimes have, like, I think a viola player. Or maybe it's a... Yeah, I think it's a viola. Um, huh. It's... Really, really, really great stuff. But this is the, this is, I love this stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you call this quite indie rock, but it's like indie alt pop rock, um, and I love it. It's this is right up my alley. Um, and the more honestly, I've listened to this song like probably twenty times. I, I always wow. try to listen to these songs as, as as much as possible when I when I do these little analyses. But um, this one, uh, in spite of the the repetition, uh, it's still would seek out in fact you know ultimately i'm probably going to end up towards the end of this project making like a kind of a spotify playlist uh with i don't know some of these are not available on spotify due to the rarities or whatnot but um this one's going on it this is a really good song and i'm gonna i'll be seeking it out in the future and listening to it because it's going to be crossing my mind from time to time and i'm going to want to hear it well, since B&L is totally okay with people sharing their music and burning their music for p other people, that's how they feel that they get their music out there. I I will, any song that you want, Aaron, at this point, I own pretty much all of their their songs. Uh, anything you want, let me know. Well, thank you, sir. And by the way, B&L, if you're not okay with uh, people sharing your music, you should come on this podcast and tell them that. Yeah. You should definitely come on here and get the word out. <laughs> you have to correct us now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, don't you all have five, um, five foot, five feet, and like vestigial tails and gills, right? <laughs> if you want to correct us, you definitely need to come on the podcast. <laughs> Set the record straight. Hashtag join the conversation. So I have a question for you guys. If yeah. now, I don't think anyone here on this podcast would actually do a bank job, but let's say that you did do a bank job. What would be your taboo? What would be the thing that would stop you mid heist and freeze you up? I uh, would never do a bank job. I just couldn't. <laughs> but if we we're in a parallel universe, what would happen is my mom would be in the bank the same day. Oh. Like she would, she <laughs> would just show up. She would just show up, and the whole thing would go horribly wrong. <laughs> Horribly wrong. Well, that's why you wear the masks, Michelle. You have to, th you have to think of these details. But she would. She'll, but she. She'll never know it's you. Like it would be a bank she would never go to, and yet she would be there. She's there exactly. to buy a roll of quarters. Something. Uh, so, but I need to say that I would never, never do a bank, do a bank job. job. You gotta stop asking us these questions like this, Tracy, because this is on the internet. <laughs> People are like, "Well, gonna... I heard Michelle say that she'd rob a bank unless her like mom was there." Like somebody's gonna splice my hey, words. Your mom's gonna get 
really, really good uh, offers, job offers from banks as security now. Because, like, well, as long as Michelle's mom works here, she's not going to rob us. That's right. She'll never. Um, I think, Tracy, if I were going to pull a bank job, if I got there and I saw that the Joker was already robbing that bank, I'd be like, you know what? You take this one. I'm cool. (laughs) Catch you later. That's a good one. That'd be my taboo. That's good. What about you? How about Tracy? you? Yeah. Um, oh, I hadn't thought ahead on this. <laughs> I just brought up the question. Um, <laughs> to to go along the same line, I I would say similar to Aaron. I think it's just because you sparked the idea in my head, Aaron. Like, so once again, like Michelle, I would never in a million years rob a bank. <laughs> like, it is totally anti. I hope that goes without saying. <laughs> it's totally anti my character and who I am. Um. There, now I'm covered. Um, <laughs> Legally. But in a world where that would happen, there would be superheroes. If if it were in, like, Gotham, if if I if Batman, like, showed up, I'd be like, yep, screw, nope, here, arrest me. I'm done. I, I give up. Um, I wouldn't even try. Um, that, that would be, Wait, like, the Tracy, immediate, just like, no, I just, I give up immediately. Tracy, what are you doing? <laughs> Give it up. You, you, you don't. I don't want any of your money. Sorry. No. <laughs> That's crazy. Should we get to ratings? We should I get to so. ratings. I think so. I think it's about time. So originally, I just had nuns <laughs> for the rating system, but then suddenly bank nuns were there, and bank and nuns. at at first. When I first first was going to decide the rating system, it actually was going to be zebras. But then I'm like, no. So bank now it's zebras. just bank nun zebras is nice. our rating bank system. Bank nun zebras. <laughs> nice. So I give this song. First, I was going to give it a four. And I'm like, well, it's really good. But I don't know if I... I'm giving everything fours. And I was like, well... <laughs> Do I love except, it as much? Except for another postcard. <laughs> yeah, wow. You sure didn't like that one. It was, it's all been done. It's all been done. I can't. That's a, it's a repeat song and it shouldn't exist. Anyway. Um, anyway, I end up giving this song a 3.85. I was hmm. going to give it a 3.75, but I feel like it's better than that. And I yeah, kind of still want to give it a four, but it's not, it's not quite a four for me. You so gave Bag of Bones a four, so you don't like this quite as much as Bag of Bones, is what you're saying. Oh, did I? Hmm. Okay, I'm going to give it a four. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) I'm giving it a four. I should have just. I should have been a lawyer. Yes. (laughs) I'm so easily swayed. (laughs) Um, So I give it a four. Aaron, what do you give this song? Interestingly enough, because I'm watching. How many many bank nun zebras do you give this song, Aaron? I'm watching that spreadsheet online like a like yes. a like a like a zebra hawk. And yes. uh, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, before anyone complains, Michelle changing her her score did not change the standing, at least thus far, of the song. It just firm more firmly cemented its place. Yes. Um, I I as as is probably no surprise uh, by this point, as I've been kind of gushing so much about this. Interestingly enough, I'm looking at our our historical scores here. Bobby and I have only given out five apiece uh, scores of four or more thus far. We've been the stingiest with our fours. 
and um, miss you, Bobby. But uh, I'm gonna have to leave the the Five Club, and uh, because I really really like this song, and I'm going to give Bank Job four point two Bank None Zebra. Wow. I like it not quite as much as Alternative Girlfriend. But I do like it better than uh, a lot of even even like you know I like it better than aluminum. I like it better than baby seat and back. Uh, you know I like it better than as you like it as much as you like as you like it. And you know it, it was hard for me. A was the big the big threshold here because I don't know I, A was like that was the first song we did right. And I feel like Pretty I maybe close. I maybe I feel like I maybe rated A lower. <laughs> than I might otherwise have. Oh yeah, because we did 2020 hindsight. That's right, seven, eight, nine. Uh, but yeah, I feel like I, I rated A. I didn't want to go overboard with A because it was so early on. I was like, I can't give this such a high score. But it's so. I, I think. Good. I mean, maybe I don't know if I can retroactively change my rating for A because I do feel like A is probably a, at least a 4.25. It's, it's up there with alternative girlfriend. But um, you know, with with the scores thusly, even though I think maybe I put A just slightly above. Uh, bank job ultimately I do like bank job slightly better than as you like it I do like it better than uh, aluminum which I love aluminum so honestly I'm pretty happy with my scores overall and okay. um, uh, yeah 4.2 bang none zebras is a damn fine song congrats yes. B&L okay Tracy I'm I like the song <laughs> um, I actually like but, it a lot um, so but I don't feel that it's as high as A, um, and and down the road I think I'm gonna I'm gonna probably have to look at my score for A, because uh, I don't think it. Well, maybe both more... you and I can change our score for A if we do a, a gentleman's I, agreement. I, I'm thinking when we finish this up, we're gonna have a chance to change one or two scores. That will be our option, like looking Ooh. back, especially since every, we started if, off every with... twenty five thirty episodes. We should get one mulligan. Well, I was going to say, what about after we finish a letter, we get to go back through? Oh, I like that. That's a good idea. Yes, I like, like that. We've done the A's. Okay, what do we nice change? Idea. All right. We've done the B's. So, so at the end of B's, we'll go back and, and correct our A's and B's to kind of... We should have an update. Good. We should have an a, a, a number A, B update. That could be yes. one episode, just us making notes on how <laughs> our opinions may have changed. And yeah. fight about our scores. That, that could be, be like a single awesome. episode, like not even cover a specific song on that Not day. even talk about, talk about a song. Right. Talk about the changes. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. So so I know one of mine's going to be coming back is going to be A, because I do like it the more that yeah, I listen to I love it. A. That's a good um, I was a little harsh on A, and I know it. But to, So to get back <laughs> to that, knowing what my score is and what I plan on putting more A later on, Let's not count that in this comparison. That's what I did, and that's why I rated this, this a 4.2. Yeah, I'm going to give this a 3.85. Uh, I'm going nice. to kind of go with where... I, it wasn't what I was initially going to go with, but I was kind of bouncing around, and I like this more than 2020 hindsight. So so um, you're, you're changing your score to 3.85? Yes. Okay. Ooh. So that's that's where I'm kind of bouncing it to. So I, that's going to change the overall score that did. we had prior it to the is. show. Just above Baby Seat. It's between which, back honestly, and... as much as I like Baby Seat, I agree with. Yeah, I could. See well, that. I'm looking at Baby Seat, thinking I gave that a four, but I'm giving Bank Job a four. I kind of feel like I like Bank Job more than Baby Seat. So yeah. I'm going to have some scores to change too. Yeah. <laughs> I think well, the change episode is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm, you know, I'm, it's going to be interesting. 
I think it's an interesting topic because, you know, the thing is, honestly, this is the hardest part of every episode, right? Assigning a numerical value, for, especially for someone like me, who I am so much, uh, you know, an artsy fartsy kind of abstract guy where I'm like, you can't assign numbers to the value of art. <laughs> and yet I'm doing this on a weekly basis. Um, I, but I, the thing is, I'm trying to do my, my level best and be as honest as I can with these numbers here. Um, but, uh, you know, especially for me, you guys have heard a lot more of the catalog than I have. Uh, I, you know, I often don't know if I give something a five and then way, something even like way better comes along. You know, I, I gave alcohol a five because God damn, that is a fantastic song. Because it deserves song. it. That is an amazing um, song. But, uh, and I can't imagine too many songs that are going to be of that caliber coming down the pike. But you never know. These, these guys have really surprised me. You know, I already I already like them, but they've they've surprised me with a few of these songs as to how much I like them. Alternative Girlfriend being another one, I adore that song. Um, so you know, I I think it's fair that we get a chance to update it. You know, honestly, it's music means so much to me, and if somebody asks me my my honest assessment of something, I'm going to try and be as accurate as I can. And what that means, because we're all humans and our, our thoughts and feelings change from day to day, is that if you ask me what my favorite five bands are, although they're usually going to be, you know, any arrangement of maybe 10 of my favorites, the list is going to change from day to day, depending on how I'm feeling and, and what's been going oh. on in my life and things. So, I mean, yep. you know, I think that it's fair for us to do, you know, we shouldn't update all the time because that would be chaos and then what would have any meaning. <laughs> But I think, yeah, once every once in a while we clear out a letter, if we have one or two songs we want to kind of slightly alter, I feel like that's that's fair. And I feel like it's in the interest of ultimately getting a more comprehensive and honest uh, kind of evaluation of how we feel about all these and, and having the list be somewhat more um, indicative of our, our true feelings. So I think that's going to create some work for Tracy, so I apologize in advance for that, but... Maybe we'll update, like, I don't know if we, I don't think we should update, like, the audio for all the episodes, but maybe put some asterisks in if we change a score, be like, <laughs> in episode 37, Aaron said he was changing his score for this, you know. Uh, yeah, people would be, will be like, but that's not what's in, this, in right. the report. I, yeah, I feel like we should at least kind of acknowledge that for, pe for new people who come along and listen to them in order. Uh, that would be helpful. But yeah, it's, I think it'd be a, a valuable thing. Go ahead, Michelle. Sorry. It's funny because I was thinking, you know, when we started this, I was trying to rate each song in and of itself alone, not in comparison to others. It's so I hard to, to do just... that, though. But now looking at the list, it's like, what? Well, like, how could I have yeah. given Baby Seed a four and Bank Chop? Like, it just... Yeah, you can't help but do that. I can't... You know, I started with Pure Intentions, but now I'm... So I'm going to weave us away from this. Yes. <laughs> for the sake of time. And I want to bring us back to the discussion we were having a little while ago. And I swear, it's going to sound like I set this up. I did not. Aaron, back me up. I did not prepare you for what our appearance was going to be for this week. No, not at all. I, have, I, I still don't know. This very instant that you're asking me, I have no clue. So, go banking off from, no pun intended, Aaron's <laughs> statement and my own statement about Batman and Joker... The appearance this week is back in <laughs> May of 1999, May 15th of 1999, as a fact. This. There was a wonderful appearance that made me smile. So there was this wonderful TV station called the WB, which no longer exists anymore. <laughs> and I think it's now the CW, if I'm correct. And 
the WB had all these wonderful TV shows from the Warner Brothers. For example, Animaniacs, Batman, and several others. Um, and they had this whole morning slate on Saturday mornings of cartoon shows. Bare Naked Ladies hosted one whole morning. And in between each of the shows had their own segments where they interacted with the cartoon characters. One of which, of course, being Batman, where they're riding in the Batmobile. Um, it's a really funny kind of segment. Um, there's a segment where they're being beaten up by Elmira at, from Animaniacs. So there's wonderful one after another. Another one where they get where they get stolen by Marvin the Martian from, of course, WB. Um, so. I love this. I when I found it on the web, it warmed my heart because I hadn't remembered that it existed for so long, and I hope that you guys get to enjoy it as well. Sweet, cool. Next week's song might be controversial. I don't know. I don't know. I, I love it. I don't know if you guys are gonna love it. We'll have to see. Um, I don't know. It could it could be the it could be the breakup. It could be the thing that really r- tears the rift in it. We're bringing Bobby back for next week, but I don't know. It might drive him away again. I don't know. It could, it could be. It could be the Yoko Ono of the podcast. <laughs> well, you know, if I had to, I think I would gladly give up podcast genius if, uh, <laughs> if it meant that Bobby could rejoin us for at least one more episode. That'd be that'd be fantastic because he is sorely missed. I just made. Tracy Coff, he laughed so hard. That's speaking of speaking of genius. <laughs> now, now I have to keep the coffin. No, Thanks, Eric. I can't. I can't even claim. Anyways, <laughs> I, I never mind. <laughs> so, anyways, next I bailed out on the song is be, be my Yoko. No, <laughs> I lost confidence and bailed out halfway through. <laughs> so join us then. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. It was a pleasure talking about this great song with you. And, Thank uh, you. Look forward to next week. See Bye-bye. you next week. And, uh, Thanks, that was fun. We all did our best now. We all need to rest now. Leave me alone. There's no need to phone. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.